Hey everyone, we are here with uh, 10k outtakes, the offer of Red Ribbon. They've got 10k reads on their webhead story, and they made some kind of like, some extra scenes to go along with the story. They're like not really story based or anything, but they're just there as like little special things. So this is a special episode, and I... And that's just a warning that this is not an official chapter, but it's just a bit of an extra thing. And we'll get on to chapter 20 next week. So, here we go. Hi, Sunzo. Conrad greeted as he opened his bedroom door to reveal a pale and dry white neck. His eyes slidden as he stared at the other's corpse-looking body. Ew, why do you look so bad? Uh... I haven't eaten in weeks, that's why, Senso explained, his voice groggy and cracking. He was leaning onto the small table that was next to the wall for leg support. Conrad stirred the odor, and his eyebrows furrowed in confusion. What's that got to do with me? I'm kind of hungry, so Senso started. Conrad put his thing on his chin. I mean, we have Cocoa Puffs. I was kind of looking for something a little bit different, Senso coughed, and Kamenai stared at him worried. You good? The one asked. You got something stuck in your throat? I mean, I'm trying to have my teeth stuck in yours. Excuse me? Your neck looks appetizing. Kamenai and Senso stared at each other in silence. The one made a weird, confused face. That's a weird compliment. You can't even see my neck. I'm not playing these games, Senso suddenly yelled, startling the blonde. What the hell are you talking about? Kamnar yelled back. I'm starving, Senso whined. And my body isn't food, the blonde argued. So it seems we both got problems. You know what? Senso lends at the blonde, sharp teeth flaring. Kamnar yelled and closed his door quickly. The door slammed on Senso's face, and he slowly slid all the way down to his knees. What the hell? Kamnar screeched for the door. No! Kamnar sobbed as he held Senso's waiting body in his arms. Don't you dare die on me, Senso! I can't lose you! He's losing too much blood! Aizo yelled as he rushed to get supplies for his bleeding out son. Kamnari, ask him what his blood type is. Sir, do you know? Kamnari argued for tears. He's your son. He's adopted. Aizo retorted back and rushed to the mini fridge where they stored all types of blood. Now ask him what his damn fucking blood type is. The blonde held Senso's cheek with body palm. Senso, what's your blood type? Weakly, Senso answered. Be, be positive. I'm trying, Kamnari cried and kept applying pressure to the open wound. Then slid out a long pain side and waited for Aizel to come with the blood. Kamarag rushed around with bright red cheeks and then came across the large grandfather clock on one of the corners of the living room. He stared at it gently before coming to realization. Holy shit! Sensel was startled by the sudden outburst and watched the one weirdly. Worldly. You okay? My friends must be worried for me! He jumped up rather quickly, and all the blood rushed to his head, making him feel dizzy and almost losing his balance. 
then so stood up as well and made sure the boy was okay before walking towards the main entrance when he regained composure Cavanari trod behind Sensil. i don't want to take more of your time Sensil, but i really must get going as much as i would love to stay here if i could i need to get back to my friends they must be so worried for me and they probably think i'm dead and Governor was silenced by essential placing one of his long and pale fingers on the blonde plus lips. A voice spread across Governor's face as he stared wildly at the loud nap. First, you need to calm down, since it started, but you also need to leave. Governor moved his lips to speak in between Sizzle's finger. I don't want to know, too, though, now that I think about it. Taken aback, Senso stared at the younger. What? Yes, I almost died out there, Conrad cried. Well, if the wolves come for me once I leave this place, they'll send me all alone and then they'll come to ravish me. Then so sighed and took back his finger. You can't stay here. And why not, Conrad argued. My friends could wait another day or two. I don't want to die. No, they can't, and neither can you. I most certainly can. Look, since I turned to face Conrad fully, Locking dark purple eyes with bright yellow ones. You staying here is only going to worry your friends more. Besides, there's a path here that will take you outside the forest without being caught by wolves or any other creatures. Yes, but no buts. Senso walked to somewhere near another entrance and came back after some minutes passed. He seemed to be holding something, but Comrade couldn't quite make out what it exactly it was. Senso opened the small box he had in his hands and walked up to Kaminari. He grabbed Kaminari's by his hand and placed something in his palm. What is this? Kaminari asked, eyeing the weird object. Think of it like an amulet, Senso explained. Once you leave this place, he'll, he paused, protect you. Kaminari brought his hand close to his field of visit and saw the weird object with a necklace. It looked like your average-looking simple necklace with a bright red stone where someone cleared diamonds to be. You store it will protect me, because I don't mind staying here and... It will protect you, the other quickly interrupted. If you say so. The blonde held the amulet close to his chest and waited for Senso to open the door. Senso walked to the doors and opened them, the fresh air gushing inside the building. Conrad shivered at the sudden air and rubbed his arm as he stepped inside the mansion. Outside the mansion. Conrad was already a few steps away from the mansion. He walked slowly so Senso could tell him to turn back and stay the night. Wait, Senso called out. Conrad turned around and was met with Senso being right close in his personal space. He felt pressure on both his shoulders and noticed that Senso had placed what seemed to be a coat on him. What are you... Something to keep your seductive body warm. Kaminari felt the blood rush to his cheeks. His sinking hand gripped one end of the coat as he watched Senso walk back inside his mansion, closing the doors behind him. The blonde's body was covered in goosebumps and a right ear where Senso had whispered that Fortasia's sentence was ever so warm. Kaminari let out a shaky breath before coming back to reality. Uh, I need to go, said boy, turned and... Said the boy, turn. Said the boy as he turned around and started walking on the path that Senzo had told him to walk down. After Kiratama had dropped off Kaminari in the forest, something didn't settle right within him. 
He was happy the blonde had finally found him. He wasn't going to damage his mental and physical state yet. Something felt yet something felt wrong. He decided to ignore those feelings as he kept driving, thinking that if those thoughts lingered any longer, he'd cause a crash and only make things worse. The red hat stopped at a red light and gasped loudly. He finally remembered. Baki Gokotsky. Kirishima got too wrapped in thinking about the bastard commentary in that hot man that he forgot about one thing, his fucking boyfriend. When he arrives home, he knows that Bakugo will be waiting for him, asking for an excuse as to why he's out driving around so late. As he pushed the gas pedal to go once, the green, once the green light is silent in his face, Kirishima kept speaking with Jesus out loud. What if I tell him I was hungry? Nah, no, that wouldn't work. He'd ask me where I want to go to get food and where the recipe and where the rest and where and where the receipt is. Oh, I could tell Mina had cramps or something and asked me to get her something since she was out cold. No, he'd probably text Mina and Mina can't lie for anything. Kirishima was distraught. His feeble brain couldn't think of anything, and what's worse, if he didn't think of anything soon, Bakugo would literally bury him alive if he finds out Kamenari broke his promise and he helped. Pulling up on their driveway, Kirishima stopped the car in the parking lot, turned off the car, and slammed his head on the steering wheel. He let out a groan and cried mentally, I am so dead. In the back of his mind, he thought about what Kamenari had said to him last night. Kirishima nodded and chuckled. You will owe me big time seeing as how keeping Hoshi distracted is one heck of a job. The blonde scoffed. How hard can it be? It, give him a good suck and he'll come and Ari Dinky! Thinking back to Kamenari's crazy idea, Kirishima didn't want to admit it out loud, but he actually thought that might work. He's done it countless of times on several cases when he did something wrong and wanted Bakugo to forgive him. It was embarrassing, but once they got into the mood, all embarrassment was long gone. Peeling his forehead off the ceiling wheel, Kirishima took in a breath, got out of the carriage to face his angry boyfriend, and got out of the car. He locked it before heading for the door and stood in front of it when he arrived at the door. He got his keys and unlocked the house and slowly opened the door, walking his lying body inside. Glad you arrived, Kirishima Adriel. Kirishima tensed up as he closed the door behind him. His awkward smile was something the redhead couldn't stop himself from doing. Hi, baby. What are you doing up so late? That's something I'd like to ask you, Bakugo said as he crossed his leg. Jeff with him sitting on the couch, Kirishima could feel the dominant energy he gave off, the power he had as he watched the redhead with those piercing, sharp red eyes. Baby, Kirishima began as he walked towards the other, sitting on the couch. The fear and nervousness slipping away each step he took. I wasn't doing anything bad. I just want to get some items. Bakugo tilted his head to the side as he watched Kirishima move his grass leg for his hands. After the leg was off, Kirishima slowly brought his own, own body to replace that leg, sitting on the blonde's lap. The blonde raised a brow. What are those items? The redhead simply smiled innocently and, care and caressed Bakugo's body, his hand going up and down slowly. You'll find out later, 
for now, it's just... Kirishima closed the gap between them and kissed Bakugo on the lips. Bakugo was about to push back the redhead, still a bit annoyed. But Kirishima entwined their hands together. The redhead tugged at the blonde's bottom lips seductively and started teeth grating skin. Bakugo let out a soft gasp and his cheeks were fluffed, his mind already forgetting the reason why he was mad. Even though it annoyed him, Kirishima was a great kisser. So good that even with just a touch of the lips, Bakugo could be so lost, so lost in ecstasy. Opening his mouth slightly, Bakugo had decided to let Kirishima take the lead this time. Even though the blonde was always the one who took control, he decided to let Kirishima drive to the road of pleasure into Jackson. Kirishima's tongue slowed around Bakugo's mouth, exploring the cavern slow and steady. The blonde's hair trailed along the red locks and pushed his head closer to his own to deepen the kiss. Mm. Kirishima moaned and felt Bakugo smile between their kiss. Bakugo's hands trailed down to the redhead's bottom area before Kirishima stopped him by grabbing his wrist. Let me, he breathed, and slowly let go of the blonde's wrist and made a face to Bakugo's already farming tent. Kirishima watched that Bakugo's chest rise up and down, his eyes half lidded and his cheeks flushed. Even though the redhead didn't want to admit that a certain eccentric blonde's idea worked, he was glad it did because he really had no excuse to why he was gone so late. If you're going to do it, hurry up, Bakugo mumbled, and slowly pushed on the redhead male's head. Kirishima chuckled softly and played with the zipper, teasing him. Please. Mm. Kirishima smiled softly and pulled down the zipper, watching as the tent grew bigger. Plenty said, please. The younger pulled down Bakugo's pants and saw the red cabin calling underwear him. Kirishima played with the, with the bands of the underwear and looked up at Bakugo his own eyes locking with his. The redhead stared at the blonde for a second before pulling down his underwear and Bakugo's cock popping out. The younger leaned closer and with his tongue he teasingly looked at Tip, earning a small groan from the older. Don't tease it, girl. Feeling a tightness in his pants, he retained inside his own dick twice in excitement when Bakugo called out his name so breathlessly like that. Wasting no time, Kirishima took in Bakugo's legs inside his mouth. He didn't take it all in seeing as how the last time he made that mistake, he choked and scared Bakugo half to death, ruining the mood. Bakugo let out a small grunt and told Kirishima to hurry up and start putting that mouth to work, to which the red hat complied. His tongue soared along the length and slowly down his ass, as if teasing with every lick. Subconsciously, Bakugo started his bucking his hips and master pace the younger was looking and it made him free his head back and brother. Bakugo could feel his Kirishima's tongue swole up and down the head of his member and he wanted to feel more, wanting that tongue of Kirishima's to run every part of his rubbing cock. Kirishima slowly trolled his tongue down Bakugo's ass as the blonde waddled gas and instinctively reached out to entangle his finger with the redhead's lugs, pressing the younger down. Fuck! The blonde moaned softly as Kirishima started to bob his head up and down slowly before picking up the pace and matching his movement with Bakugo's hips. Kirishima took in more Bakugo's cock, making sure not to take in more that would than what he could than what he could to not deep foot and choke. Faster, baby, Bakugo breathed out and felt Kirishima bobbed his head faster than before. 
I heard him and kept bobbing his head up and down and using his tongue to lick every part he could a box was called. The blonde could feel himself reaching closer and closer to refinement. Yujiro, Bakugo muttered. I'm going to come if you keep going. Kirishima looked up at the blonde before letting his cock go with a popping sound. He noticed that Precom was already coming out and he decided to reach in again, licking the tip and making sure to cover the head before Bakugo exploded with white sticky liquids in his mouth. The younger felt some of Bakugo's cum cover his face and with one eye he glanced at Bakugo. He was breathing heavily and looking down at the cum-filled redhead. Bakugo wiped a bit of cum in his, in his eye and brought Kirishima's face closer to kiss him gently. The taste of his own semen touched Bakugo's tongue. After the kiss, Bakugo grabbed Kirishima and placed his body on the couch. He got on top of the infant. Now we're fucking. Kirishima sparked a flow and placed his arms around the blonde's neck. Took you long enough to say that, Kashki. And they went on through the whole night, disappear, disappointing God with their unholy accents, doing the dirty tango and stuff. Auntie Mina! Mina looked up from the books he was reading and saw a tiny little boy running up to her. The young boy was around four to five years old and was rather short for his age. Messy washed out dirty blonde hair swayed in the wind as he ran in big bright purple eyes purple big bright purple doe eyes sudden with such excitement. The young woman smiled warmly and turned her body around, her arms extending to the boy running towards her. Oh my baby he happily cooed. The young boy wrapped his arms around his favorite auntie's neck as he finally reached her and giggled softly. I'm not your baby, Auntie Mina. I'm my daddy's baby. Mina engulfed the young kid in her arms and squeezed him tightly. Not tight enough to harm the boy's small body. I know that, he laughed, but to me, it doesn't fear my baby. That's funny, Mina. Now, hand over our child. Both Mina and the small boy looked up to see a young boy looking at them with a rather playfully aggressive smile. Mina hugged the boy closer, his cheeks touching hers. Nuh-uh, this cute-ass baby right here is all mine. Yeah, the young boy agreed. I'm off to Mina's tail now. Cloud and I tackled so crashingly and crossed his arms. Oh, so I guess that means I won't be giving little Satoshi his new cloud state pillows that his daddy got for him. The young child, Satoshi, gasped and rushed to slip away from Mina's grasp. Mina released her grip and watched as little Satoshi ran off on his little legs towards Kaminari. Please, Daddy, please, give it to Satoshi! Satoshi cried and extended his hands out, doing a grabby motion that was similar to what babies did when they wanted something. Satoshi wants the cloud safe pillow! Mina giggled and happily watched Kaminari bend down and hand a cloud safe pillow to little Satoshi. Little Satoshi's glossy eyes quickly turned to ones full of excitement, sparkling from them as he hugged the pillow tightly. What do you say when we give when you are when we are given something, Tosi? Kaminari asked, watching as little Satoshi hugged the pillow tightly and cuddled with it. Little Satoshi turned to face his daddy and smiled brightly, finding both his father and his aunt. Thank you, Daddy. Satoshi says thank you. That's it. I'm stealing your baby. Nice try, Mia. He's mine. Was. What do you mean, Satoshi? Kaminari watched as Mina sprinted with little Satoshi in her arms. The young boy watched wholeheartedly as he was being carried and told Mina to run faster when he saw that Kaminari was trailing right behind him. Faster, Auntie Mina, faster! The white young boy chanted. Daddy is catching up! 
Return my child, Mina! The blonde hollered as he chased after them. Never! Mina! <laughs> this is fun!